masterfully composed and tonally strong drama that captures the same unsettling vibe which bewitched fans of the docuseries. That's from Wenlei Ma of News.com talking about The Staircase, our featured review. It is a limited series available on HBO Max starring Colin Firth, Tony Collette, Michael Stuhlberg, and many others. Found it riveting so far. Big news, though, of course, if you're a real nerd, you love Obi-Wan. That's right, Obi-Wan Kenobi, currently available on Disney+. Plus. Seen the first three episodes of that. And for our old file, we're watching Draft Day. That's right, Kevin Costner, eight-year anniversary. I'll explain why specifically we are doing Draft Day this time around. A pleasure to be back with you, as always. A pleasure to be with my buddy, Chris Cody. Cody, how was the week? What's going on? Everything good? We're doing all right, man. We're doing all right. How are you? I saw your kids running around. You're having a dad. Is this a dad day at home for you? Yeah, I mean, this is the point now. Preschool is done, and like the big school, meaning elementary and middle school, is done as of next week. So it's it's different in Florida, right? You guys are done school. I feel like June first. We go to like mid to late June. Yeah, it's all over the place. Some schools are done, but some are ending this week. I think. Well, the big news for all of us here on the East Coast is the weather was spectacular this past weekend. It was you know 79 degrees, sunny. Spectacular. So- Speak for yourself. We had a tropical storm. Well, this is what I want to get into. We all headed to the beach here because this is our time. But I feel like this is where our climates do not agree with each other. Like no. for us, we are running to the beach June, July, oh. August. For you, you grew up at the beach. Like, How many times did you go to the beach as a kid? I went to the beach a lot, especially around the 4th of July. My family had a tradition where we'd get like a hotel room down by the beach every 4th of July. The hottest time, the worst time. It's when all the tourists are down here. To your point, most South Florida people between... May and August, like we're not doing the beach then. That's like the hottest time of the year. It's miserable. But I think it's amazing. You can go to the beach year round. Like yeah. how many times do you right now do you go to the beach? Ten you don't times go in the water. Like if, if it's in the wintertime, if it's January, December, you're not really going in the water a lot because the water does get cold. But the beach, you're to, like during the day, you're, oh yeah, sun's out, gun's out. Like it's, it could be December 19th and you could have a nice beach day. Yeah, see, that's phenomenal. That, that's where I'm envious. But you're right. The summer's for you guys. The humidity is just disgusting. Oh, Tropical storms. I'm, I'm inside my air-conditioned house right now, and I'm sweating. <laughs> like Gottlieb used to always tell me, because the heat is ridiculously overrated. I said, what perspective? He said, when you're inside, it's air-conditioned, and at night, it's great. But I'm with you. Sometimes even the air conditioning can't do enough of its Are job. Are we prepared it's to hot. say air conditioning is the greatest invention ever? Okay, we should, yeah, this gets interesting. Maybe right we away, do a ex- whole episode on that. Maybe we think about it and come back. Yeah, air con- is- just, just off the top of my head, air conditioning, iPhones, DVR. <laughs> cars. Cars, the virtual red zone. The, like, I mean, like the, the, virtual, uh, the virtual line for the first zone I love. Or just the red zone channel. Like, Even the red it. zone channel. <laughs> uh, I like score bugs. Like if you try to watch a game from 1980, there's no score bug. It's insane. Like what the hell is the score of this game? I have no idea. You have to wait every three innings. They pop it up. Oh, 3-1 Yankees leading. Like, we, a score bug is insane. Do you have I, the Just Watch app? Chris Whittingham turned me on to this. You would like this because if you're ever like, oh, is this? I want to watch this movie, but I don't know. It's got to be on some streaming service. Just Watch is an app where you type in a, a movie and it tells you it tells you anywhere you can watch it. It's like it's on Netflix, HBO Max, in theaters. You know what I mean? It's it's wow. it's a really good app for hey, I, like whenever you give me a movie that we gotta watch, I throw it in there. It's like okay, it's on HBO Max, it's on Paramount. It's called Just Watch. It's called Just Watch, and you can put in all the services you have. So it's like I got oh. Netflix, I got, and then it tells you you type in a movie or a show where of those streaming services it's available. It's really good. You're unbelievable. Just Watch is getting it done. Witty, as always, appreciate the assist. <laughs> it's we went a classic to- Witty app. It's just like a little, it's just really helpful. It's absolutely very helpful. All, all the time people say, what's streaming? What's good on Netflix? Well, hang on. Just Watch app. They'll hook you up. Yep. We went to the beach, and as a couple of my kids were on the rides, a guy looked over at me and goes, hey, are you Adnan? 
which I was impressed he recognized because mm. I'm wearing a red Canada hat, awful, ugly sunglasses, because I don't wear the good sunglasses at the beach. Yeah. Like, ugly, silver, tinted, like, just brutal. Um, embarrassing, like, Star Wars shorts. Like, it's just awful. Oh. Like, so I, you I, were almost like, ooh, no, I didn't want you to see me. Yeah, here. yeah I did not want to be recognized here. I'm like, oh, if it was a six-foot blonde, I'd be terrified. But I'm like, thank you, just a regular dude. And he's like, are you a hat dude? I'm like, uh, yeah, I am. And he's like, yeah. He goes, I just want to let you know I'm a huge fan of the Cinephile podcast. Yes. And I said, oh, my God, I appreciate that. He goes, like, I get despite a picture. Chris Cody. Yeah, he goes, can I get a picture? I go, listen, you're going to get more than a picture, buddy. You're getting a shout-out on the Cinephile podcast. <laughs> Good picture, shout-out to his son, Jet, his daughter as well. He's yeah. got two kids, might go for three. So Cinephile in, is very popular at Jersey Shore, thanks to this guy. Having said that, my real topic I wanted to get into was the price of food these days. Inflation's gone up, right? 9%. Yeah. Everyone knows gas is insane right now. Everyone's losing their minds. I'm calling the Yankee game this past Thursday. The four words that nobody in America wanted to hear. Cost us out. Verk in. <laughs> like, like unbelievable I'm like wait what like I got the call they're like Costas out Verk in I go is he okay they're like oh my god so I text Costas I'm like I hope you're okay Bob he's like yep he's like actually I have a few ideas in the game because I did some notes I'm like great you get Bob Costas talking the game was Angels Yankees and then I check I go wow Otani's pitching I'm like are you kidding yeah. oh my god and Bob's just talking about Mantle. Mantle should have won MVP in 64, not Brooks Robinson. Probably should have won in 61 as well when Roger at the 61 home runs. Should be a five-time MVP. Trout's a three-time MVP. I'm like, the best. Like, Bob just waxing poetic is amazing. Started talking to the George Carlin doc. He's like, oh, actually, I've interviewed George Carlin. He was on my HBO show. I'm like, really? He goes, I asked George Carlin, can you do the baseball versus football routine? And George Carlin looked at me. Bob said, this was like 2004. Wasn't that long ago? I mean, Bob, Carlin died in 08, I want to say. He just looked at me and goes, give me one minute. And then, bam, nailed it. I go, wow. what? He goes, word for word, the guy did the whole football wow. versus baseball routine. I go, that's pretty impressive. So Anyways. When, when Bob Costas gives you notes for a broadcast, you have to use them, right? Like, you can't not use percent. them. Originally, when he said, can I give you a call, I was like, yeah, call me in 10. I was going to do it from the car. But to your point, I'm like, no, I have to actually be making notes. I can't be like, uh-huh, yeah, okay, got yeah. it. Like, are, uh -huh, are you writing this sure, down? I'll use that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I wrote in everything. Um, one of the notes was irrelevant because Wednesday there was a rain out. All stars were aligned. Otani pitching at Yankees team. I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. Rain out. And then Joe Madden spites me. Doubleheader Thursday, Otani pitching the afternoon game. I've got the late game. I'm like, what? Uh... I went from Otani to Reed Detmers. The second <laughs> time I'm calling a Reed Detmers game this year. I've called two games, and they're both Reed Detmers uh... games. I called the game at Fenway, Reed Detmers, and now again, more Reed Detmers. Like, You're geez. a Reed Detmer expert. So I said, God, I hope the Yankees win by 20. I see, I see, I see Booney ahead of the game. that on the broadcast. No, I didn't say it on the broadcast, <laughs> but I felt it. And I think people could tell. I see Booney before the game, big hug. He's like, what do you need? It's funny, when I saw him, like, I kind of want to just catch up, like, start telling stories, baseball tonight stories, tell jokes, any precursion. But, like, he's friendly, but all business. It was like, big hug? He's like, what do you need? I'm like, oh, that's right. I'm actually supposed to do a job here. I'm supposed to ask you questions. Uh, how's your bullpen looking? Um, what's the latest on Clay Holmes? Yeah. Why do you think Joey Gallo is struggling? Like, I had to get all serious for a second. Um, and then we go upstairs. The meal. And the press box is $15 at Yankee Stadium for the media. What? So this is my question to you. Thank you. That's already my reaction. <laughs> and I said, okay. And I look around. I go, what do we got here? Like a little soft serve ice cream, burgers, hot dogs, uh, chicken fingers, fries. Okay. It better be good for 15 bucks. 15 bucks. Okay, no problem. And I said, I have one question. He goes, yeah. I go, it's a double header. He's like, uh-huh. I go, is it $15 per meal or is it $15 for the day? <laughs> and he, he kind of gives you a little bit of cut on it. I go, uh, to be clear. The Yankees are charging a split admission doubleheader today. So if a fan is watching the Otani game at one, they're paying for a ticket. Then they have to leave and come back in with their second ticket to yeah. watch the Reed Detmers game. So, hey, maybe you're charging me 30 bucks for the food. Thankfully, it was only 15 <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to expect. By the way, I have no expense account at MLB Network, so I just have to eat this. Like, they gave me a rental car to go to Boston. And we all know the story there where I proved I was a thief. 
and part of the issue is I don't have per diem. I don't know how to get per diem. So like I have $67 in gas receipts and I asked somebody, go, hey, can I get reimbursed for this? He's like, oh, just, just expense it. I'm like, I don't know how to expense it. <laughs> at, at ESPN, they made it so difficult to expense things. Kirkton told me he had like thousands of dollars he was owed. Eddie Perez found someone. I think her name was Karen Reberg. And he goes, if you, can you do me a favor? She's yeah. He goes, can you expense all my stuff? And if so, I'll give you 10% of it. Yeah. <laughs> That's how you play. He charged like an agent. He's like, yeah, because you do all this. I don't understand the system, computer coding, all this nonsense, but I'm owed like $3,000. I'll give you 300 bucks. Pretty good move. Bottom line is this. The game, which I'm lamenting, is no Otani. What happened? Jamison Tyon pitching for the Yankees? Perfect through four. Perfect through five. Perfect through six. Perfect through seven. I had a perfect game through seven innings, and then Jared Walsh ended it, but Rizzo hits the walk, not walk up, bottom of the eight. Pinch hit single for the Yankees, they win. End up having a great game. So all things work out. Are the you end. starting at that point to like plan in the seventh inning? Like how? Like are you starting to think what's my final out call gonna be? Like are you giving? Are you just like all? Oh, I'll just be in the moment no. and I'll do it. However, you nailed it. You're reading my mind because I didn't think of it at all. Perfect through four, perfect through five, perfect, perfect through seven. I started to go. Okay, I should start thinking of these things because now we're showing the David Cohn video. Perfect game against the Expos. Now yeah. Tom Bernucci's talking about Don Larson. We've got the Don Larson video. Yogi jumping his arms. Like, how angry is Bob Costas in that seventh? Inning. Well, he texted me after the game, and he goes, if, if you'd had a perfect game, <laughs> of which there have been 23 in baseball history, there would have been hell to pay. I'm like, no, but I, I, I can totally That's get that. That's actually got to be a cool thing, a cool chip on the resume for, like, a broadcaster. Like, if, oh you, if you called one of the 20-whatever perfect games ever, that's, got to, that's really cool. <sighs> My call would have been... Like the, just whatever the last. Let's just do be it right now. The, like okay, okay. So the last guy. Jamison Tyon's done it. Subscribe to Cinephile. Rate <laughs> and review. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's per- he's perfect. Only as perfect as this week's episode of Cinephile. <laughs> I would have just risked my job. Like screw it. Because that call is going to live forever. Like the rest Check of the year. Check out Cinephile wherever you get your podcast. <laughs> Tyon, like a true Cinephile, is picture perfect. <laughs> like yeah. Like what a call. Yes. I'll see you at the movies. <laughs> I think it actually would have been perfect in pinstripes, but I would have had to find a way to get oh, Cinephile. Perfect in, there. in pinstripes. Pretty good, right? Yeah, that's really perfect good. in pinstripes. Crowd goes nuts. But yeah. yeah. Anyways, we're six outs away. This week, I'm going to San Diego, also known as Heaven. I'm flying out. I can't. Mets, Padres, two loaded teams right now. I mean, where do you rank San Diego in your favorite cities in America? I guess it's got to oh, be yeah. top five. I mean, I've only been once when I was younger, but I, I just remember it being so gorgeous, perfect weather. Oh. Yeah, I mean. 70s and sunny, blue skies, Coronado Beach. I can't. It seems wait. like you're getting a lot of games. It felt like you went from like you like you like were like, hey, I want to do some games, and now they're yeah. just throwing games at you left and right. No doubt about it. I was like, I want to do some games. They go, have you done games? I'm like, yep. I, I got Andy Jacobson, my old friend. They must Spence, like what you're doing because they keep giving them to you. Yeah, I just can't believe those four words though. Cost us out, Verkin, and it could have been a perfect game. <laughs> <laughs> Next time he's on with Dan, show you got to bring that up. Read yeah. Detmers. All right. Let's do a little movie talk now, shall we? Um, everyone keeps talking about Top Gun. Congratulations. Uh, obviously, the movie's made a ton of money. Uh, a, a tweet that, uh, I mean, almost blew my mind today from uh, Ben Lyons responded to the person. It was Scott Feinberg, who does a podcast with The Hollywood Report. He's a great writer. He said, listen, don't think it's out of the question that Tom Cruise could win an Oscar. I'm like, well, hang on. This is an absurd statement. Like, what is he talking about? I'm like, and I know Feinberg is just stirring people up. I get it. But he, what he wrote was, you know, when you look at the history of the Academy, there's been lots of questionable Oscars. And when the Academy thinks that it's the person's time, it's going to be their time. And I'm like, yeah, but this isn't an oscar tape movie, despite what uh, our friend Mike Ryan is saying. This right. was tweet. Denzel won for Training Day. Al won for Scent of a Woman. Paul won for The Color of Money. Paul Newman. John won for True Grit. John Wayne. Let's be very clear. 
Tom can win for Top Gun Maverick. Let's see what the rest of 2022 brings, but right or wrong, when the Academy decides it's time, it's time. That's so I understood weird. his point, but it's not going to happen. And so Ben Lyons immediately tweeted, love me some Top Gun Maverick. Ben really liked the movie, as much as the next person. But let's stop the Tom Cruise deserves the Oscar talk right now. No, just shut it down. Cody, if Tom Cruise even gets nominated for an Oscar, like I'm going to have to shave my head. I'm going to have to set myself on fire. Like okay. Something crazy has to happen. There he said it. Um, but no, but uh, isn't it the movie's getting pre- like you'd be less shocked if the movie got nominated. Like if anything, like let's say something had to be nominated from this. Like how, where is Tom Cruise on the list? Let's at least play that game with you. Yeah, I would say it's well down the list. Like I think it's going to be, let's say, visual effects, right? Cinematography, sound design, that kind of stuff gets nominated for a big action picture that's been well received by critics and fans. But best actor, like, no, are you kidding? Like, bro, it's. It's June. Like all the good movies come out from October to December. Like let's wait for Anthony Hopkins, the father, and Denzel playing Macbeth, and all the stuff that we saw last year. Belfast, all the rest of it. So it's like just just slow your roll. And I just hope again, if there's just at least one person who watches Top Gun and then watches Going Clear, the case against Scientology, which is available right now on HBO Max, that, then that makes my day. Like I had one tweet from a guy who goes, "Hey man, I love Top Gun, but because of you, I did watch that documentary, and that's an awesome documentary." He's like, "I've definitely lost respect for Tom Cruise." I'm like. My work here is done. I just, yeah. I just need one person. Then my work guy. here is done. Uh, let's talk about this week, though. Obi-Wan Kenobi. Cody, where are you as far you as you got to make me guy? care about this show because <laughs> I'm so out on Star Wars and let alone the uh, separate avenues that Star Wars has created. I mean, I, I'm not going to do the thing. I'm not like, I'm just not my thing. I'm no, not no. saying it's bad. I'm just not my thing. Bro, we're on the same page. On a scale of <laughs> 1 to 10, if I said to you, what is your Star Wars fandom? I'm going to say two. you and me are both a 2. I was going to say 2 or 3. Like, like, I, I have seen them. I a have couple seen years the- ago, I tried to do the thing where I went and watched the original ones. Like, I did it all in order. Yeah. I did it. I watched it. And at the end, I was just like, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, like I watched four, five, six, as we all have, Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi. I've seen one, two, three, the very criticized George Lucas prequels, Phantom Menace, uh, Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. And then there's been the spinoffs, like you said. I never watched Solo, which I remember everyone says is probably the worst Star Wars movie. I never saw that. Ron Howard took over after it was a kind of a troubled production. But I've seen the J.J. Abrams reboot and all the rest of it. Like, I'm with you. I'm like, I see them. I just don't go crazy for them. I don't dress up on Halloween. I'm not, I'm right. not talking about Ewoks all day. So my wife, I, I never knew she was a big Star Wars person, but she's getting really into it now. She's been binge-watching stuff. And she goes, we got to watch Obi-Wan. It's so great. I'm like, really? Is it? And she's like, i just excited because it's one of the OGs. Like, now they're going in all these spinoffs when it comes to Ray and yeah. you know, whatever John Boyega's character is called. And she goes, like, I like, I like the OGs. The I'm throwback, like, yeah. right. Yeah, so I'm like, okay, I like the throwback. So it is the Jedi Master Obi-Wan Kenobi watching over young Luke Skywalker evading the Empire's elite Jedi hunters during his exile on the desert planet Tatooon. I just love how they come up with these names. Like, imagine they're spitballing. What do you want to call it? Tat- Tarantula? No. It's, it's literally too- throw a word in a blender. And then let's- <laughs> Tatooon. And for years, people will talk about this crazy planet, Tatooon. So the first episode, i got to be honest, they're about 35, 40 minutes each on Disney+, Plus, and they're releasing them one a week. Interesting the way some streaming services are now going anti-binging. Yeah. Right before, you could just watch Ozark. And now, like Better Call Saul, as we've talked about, where we're splitting the season, which is a show on cable television. And now, both Obi-Wan Kenobi and The Staircase, both of which I'm reviewing this week, limited series, six episodes, Obi-Wan. The Staircase, I think, is eight, maybe ten. But it's only one available a week. It's like they're tired of the fact everyone just watches it over a weekend. It's probably a strategy of, like, you're more likely to watch other things right. if you can't be. Like, if I'm in love with Obi-Wan, I'm going to be back next week to watch it. So why not? I don't know. I, I get the strategy of these streaming services testing out, mm-hmm. like, are, does our 
usage go down if we, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, yes. I, I bet you they're gathering info with all this stuff. They're just trying stuff out, seeing what gets them the most, like, action. And you're right, because otherwise you could just watch and cancel it, right? It's like a pay-per-view fight. I'll just watch it for two days and I'll get rid yeah. of HBO, whatever. Now I'm like, no, no, you have to be stuck in there. So the first episode, if that's what's meant to hook you in, uh, I could have done a lot better of a job. It's an awfully <laughs> slow ride for 35 minutes. If, like me and Cody, you are a 2 out of 10, you're going to go, okay, one episode I think is more than enough. The second episode picks up, and the third episode I actually thought was quite good. I do like Ewan McGregor a lot. He's playing Obi-Wan Kenobi. And you kind of, again, if you're not crazy in that world, you have to kind of remind you, you're like, all right, Darth Vader's kind of like his brother. Okay, yep. He trained Luke. Uh huh. And then there's Leia's his sister. Yeah. I'm like, yep. So you get all that stuff. And it's cool seeing Leia as a little girl and she's following Obi-Wan around. He's quick thinking and stuff. You know, it's beautifully shot. And again, Kumail Nanjiani, who I'm a big fan of, he shows up. He's playing this kind of like shady character, a little bit of corrupt. He's kind of a fun character he's playing. Benny Safdie, who's a director, he shows up. Uh, Joel Are there Edgerton's any like director. blob characters? Like uh... Yeah, there's a couple. I mean, you're kind of like, I don't know if this character is really that needed. But again, I think three episodes in, it hasn't been been too overdone yet because you're kind of getting little bits and pieces. It's not like Phantom Menace when you watch and you saw Jar Jar Banks and you go, this is horrific. Like, Years from now, people mention the George sequel, George Lucas sequel. They're going to be like, the prequels, excuse me. They're going to say, God, remember that George R. Binks character? Like, annoying and racist. Yeah. Talked in a Rasta accent, like, and then dreads. Like, what the hell are they thinking? Yeah. Hayden Christensen shows up. Of course, he is Darth Vader. And spoiler alert, three, two, Darth Vader shows up, which you would expect in a show called Obi-Wan Kenobi. So anything involving Darth Vader, I am down for. I, I'm a fan yeah. of The Empire Strikes Back. I like the dark side. So I think the next few episodes are going to be awfully good because now that Darth has shown up, my man Hayden Christensen, you're going to get some good Darth Vader, Obi-Wan Kenobi man, stuff. So Darth Vader, it's such an intimidating name when it's completely said. If you just right. call him Darth, <laughs> he like becomes a totally less threatening like, yeah. yeah, you see Darth over here? Yeah, like, it sounds a little close to Garth, and that's definitely not a theme that inspires fear. Like, if that, you said most famous Garth, Garth Vader like, would be a funny SNL like character, <laughs> of, like two characters combining. Right. Garth Vader, and it's just like Garth is no, like, Wayne's World. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say, there's two Garths you think of Garth Brooks and Garth from Wayne's World. I'd yeah. like it if it was Garth Nader. Like, you had Ralph Nader and Darth Vader, and you're like, okay, well, look at Garth Nader. He's like this political candidate you have on SNL. <laughs> <laughs> He's debating with like that more. could be our title: Darth Vader versus Garth Nader. <laughs> yeah, Darth Vader or Garth Nader. That is yeah. this week's week of cinephile. Oh, we're cracking ourselves up. Obi Wan Kenobi. If you're a fan of it, you should watch it. I'm gonna give it two and a half maple leaves. Yeah, three episodes. It's been okay so far. And we'll tweet us episodes. other funny combos of like two oh. characters from other things that like if we combine there, like it'd be a funny random character. Please do. Because Garth do Vader. I don't think we're gonna beat that. I don't think so either. Cinephile pod, see if you can top us. We don't think you can. <laughs> Next up, The Staircase. If you like your true crime, you're going to like this. Tells the story of Michael Peterson, a crime novelist accused of killing his wife, Kathleen, after she is found dead at the bottom of the staircase in their home and the 16-year judicial battle that followed. It's, it's no secret now. If you want to watch something really good on streaming, generally the limited series are the way to go. The Night Of was awesome on HBO. Severance, a lot of people liked on Apple+. Plus. Again, although I think that'll be a second season, but these limited series are just really well done. They get these big-time actors, Colin Firth, Academy Award winner, Tony Collette, Academy Award nominated, Michael Stuhlbarg, really good actor, Patrick Schwarzenegger, Arnold's kid. You get them all in a movie. All right, we're going to do eight episodes. We'll make it nice and Arnold's intense. kid's an actor? Yeah, Patrick Schwarzenegger, which, I mean, good-looking kid. And let, me, let me Google this guy. He's got to look good, right? Yeah, I mean, as soon as – my wife said to me, she goes, Arnold's kid's in it. And I looked, and I go, it's got to be that guy because I'm like, he's way too good-looking. That has to be him. Right. Plus, he's got the genes not only of Arnold but also Maria Shriver. Like, I mean, it's – Oh, wow. Yeah, he's good-looking. Right? Not as Son big, of, not as menacing looking as his dad. No, no. He's not jack like him, but just smooth, handsome. Yeah. Um, 
So the story of Michael Peterson, I did not know what the story of Michael Peterson is, and I'm not going to ruin it for everybody. I'll just give you the, the outline of it, which is exactly what I read. He was a crime novelist, accused of killing his wife. And the first episode, what is really fascinating about it is Colin Firth is not playing an especially likable character. Like, I think he's a really good actor who can play all different types. Obviously, The King's Speech is what he won an Academy Award for. Uh, a Single Man is really good movies, and the Kingsman movies, action films. But here he's playing a guy who's kind of a dick. Like, he's got his biological children. He's got kids he's adopted. But he's kind of self-absorbed, very short, seems like he has a temper. And you're like, oh, this, this is the kind of guy he is. And very quickly you find out, they got flash forwards, flashbacks. His wife is found dead at the bottom of the staircase. Uh, Tony Collette plays his wife. And so the whole story unfolds. And I, the whole time, I'm like, listen, I don't want to Google anything. I know this is based on a true story. I don't know what happens. It's from Antonio Campos, the creator. And the first episode just kind of outlays the fact, you know, did he do it? Did he not do it? Here's what may have happened. The second episode gets more into the backstory of him and his kids, relationship with his kids, her kids, and their relationship together. The third episode takes a turn because now he's being charged with murder. So he's going before the trial, and Michael Stewart plays his lawyer, very smart guy. And as he keeps pointing out, this is what I always think about. If I ever get arrested, I just need a really good defense attorney. And he's, he's very expensive. He goes, listen, it's going to be like $300,000 or $400,000. And Colin Firth's like, bro, I got six kids. And he's like, um, see that or life in prison. Okay, fine. Here's the $400,000. He goes, everything you have, give me your mortgage, give me your, your kids' bonds, whatever you got. But the whole key he keeps saying is reasonable doubt. We don't have to prove who killed your wife. We just need to prove that it probably wasn't you or it might not have been you. It may have been you, but it maybe wasn't. Because that's all this is. It's just enough of that camouflage to obviously cause reasonable doubt. But the third episode is where it takes a turn I was not expecting. They have a scene where Tony Collette is checking out his computer, finding some information that's kind of like, oh, a little bit off-putting. And the brother ends up talking to Comfort's kids because Comfort is telling him, he's like, hey, you got to tell my kids about the stuff that they found, the pictures. He's like, oh, okay. And the pictures are a bunch of dudes. Like a bunch of young, naked, muscular guys. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so the brother's talking to the kids, including Schwarzenegger's kid. He goes, hey, listen, uh, your father's, um, he's a very sexual person. And, um, you know, he had these pictures of some men that, that were found. So the police are looking at that and uh, some relationships that he had with men. So I, he just wanted me to let you guys know. And they're like, dad's gay? He's like, no, he's not gay. He's bisexual. He's like, yeah, yeah. He goes, he, okay. And uh, why is this relevant? He's like, well, they just don't know that there may have been an issue with regards to, uh, with mom. He's like, Oh, mom didn't, wait, he cheated on mom with other men and mom didn't know? He's like, well, it's complicated. I'm like, so what exactly is happening now? So you have a scene where Colin Firth, I, again, I was not expecting this in this show. Maybe people know the real story. You see him at a porn store. Oh, sorry. First, he's on the phone talking to a guy. And then they start exchanging messages. And he says, I was in the military. I was into suck, fuck, and rim jobs. He's like, I love rim jobs. The next scene is the prosecution. And there's this older woman sitting there. And she goes, okay, guys, like, wait, he's gay? Like, he was cheating on his wife? Like, this proves it. He had a gay lover. She found out that he's gay. He wants to kill her. Blah, blah, blah. And she goes, and by the way, guys, what exactly is a rim job? Because <laughs> <laughs> he's a military her? man. Does so then really the next scene, <laughs> he's in an adult store. Thankfully, they don't have anyone explaining it. They just go, oh, we'll explain it to you later. He's in an adult store, and they're looking at porn videos. And he kind of eyes this one guy. And they don't quite wink at each other, but they're eyeing each other. The, the, the guy goes back to watch a porn movie. You know, he throws in, he puts his belt down, starts watching a couple of girls going out, you know, lesbians, whatever. And then Colforth walks in and just joins him. Like, oh my God, I did not know where this show was going. Like, this is very explicit sexual material. The next scene, Chris Cody, he goes back. And now you're not sure, like, does his wife know about this? Whatever he did this guy, whatever. And he goes back to his wife and she starts talking and She's saying how expensive his kids are. She's like, you know, your kids want this money. They screwed up on this, blah, blah, blah. 
and she's standing at the counter. And he goes behind her and starts kissing her neck, and she's kind of getting a little bit distracted. He kind of lifts up her shirt, he goes kissing her back. He then pulls her pants down, and wait for it, gives her a rim job. Like, this has to be the first time I've ever seen on screen that being depicted. I go, oh, my God. And she's trying to keep the conversation going. She's like, what, uh, what about Patrick? Oh, oh my God. And, and, and like, there's no way you can get a body double she on this She liked it. Yeah. She, usually usually it takes a couple times. <laughs> you see Colin Firth face submerged in Tony Collette's ass cheeks. I'm like, wow. That is not. HBO Max. Usually, if you like a rim job, you know what to accept. It's rare that somebody is unexpecting of a rim job, doesn't know what a rim job is, and still enjoys it. That is like, that's the biggest upset in this whole thing. Right. While watching it, I don't think she knows what's coming. But clearly, she is pleased by it. And maybe he had just done it in the previous ooh, scene. She's, so, so the, exactly. Exactly. Oh, my God. So the prosecution starts. Tr- and he goes, you know what? That's not true. And the defense lawyer is like, you, you had affairs with men? He goes, no, never had affairs with men. He goes, they have proof. They have guys coming forward. They talk to this guy. He's going to bring him up on the stand. He goes, yeah, I had sex with him. We did this. We did this. With this. He goes, never had an affair with him. He goes, so he's lying? He goes, no, I never had an affair. He's like, I, I mean, we, we had sex together, but we didn't have an affair. He goes, what are you talking about? He yeah, goes, what do you think an affair is? He, he goes, an affair is when you're having dinner with somebody. An affair is when you're calling. And He goes, no, I would just call these guys and we would just... Oh, there's like no emotion. He's saying if there's no emotion, it's not an affair. I Correct. don't think that's how that works. <laughs> I'm going to ask my wife, but I don't think that's how that See works. See if that, imagine if you said, I'm just going to go to the biggest strip club in Miami and I'm just going to hang and have a good time. Like, but there was no emotion. It was, it was just a physical act. I mean, I wasn't, I just paid them a bunch of money and had a good time. But baby, I don't, I don't love them though. I, so again, it shows how unlikable this guy is. So he's claiming, A, my wife kind of knew what I was about. He's like, did she know? Did she not know? He's like, Nah, she, she knew what my interests were. I'm like, okay, but you weren't having affairs. No, I was just having sex with other men, and she's okay with this. Like, yeah. So this really becomes a big part of the prosecution's case. They're like, there's no way any woman would be okay with this. Right. Clearly, this guy is leading a double life, and he's lying to all of us right now. And what the show does, which is really fascinating, is they have one example where it's exactly what he said. We were outside at the pool. She walked in. She slipped, hit her head. Which, again, there's a ton of blood everywhere. There's scratches. There's marks. Like, I don't really know if that happened. And they have one version of events. It's really cool where she finds that stuff. And he did not tell her about it. And she says, why are you having affairs? Look at these pictures. Look at he goes, no, this is research. He's like, research? You have like 20 pictures of naked men. He's like, I'm a writer. I have to look up these things. He's like, what? 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 what are you writing here? Porno? Like, what's going on? You're a crime novelist. That's like me on the couch just scrolling through Twitter. And my wife's like, you're on your I'm like, I'm working, honey. I have like, there's... I'm, I'm, I work in sports. Like, I have to be keeping up with the news. It's like, I'm it's not like, it's, it's like an Instagram. It's like an Instagram. You have a bunch of hot chicks. Your wife asked you why. Oh, it's research. I just need yeah. to know. It's for the we're show. We're talking. We're interviewing this lady's husband later in the week. So, yeah. <laughs> Dan, Dan just wants me to know what their spouses are all research, about. Research, honey. You know that. Part of research. So they have one version where she finds out what happened. He punches her, beats whatever. Anyways, the story ends up really taking an interesting turn. Because, again, if you know the real version of the staircase, what ends up happening is a documentary crew. How crazy is this? He agrees to let a documentary crew film him as the trial is going on, as all of this is happening. And that documentary crew ends up being really critical to his case. So I won't say any more further than that. A couple more episodes left in this one. But it's amazing how, again, for an eight-episode show, it feels like a true crime story. But then it shows how this documentary being made about him ends up impacting his case. And I will leave it at that. If you want to check out The Staircase, you can watch HBO Max. So it's kind of a story within the story, which I found interesting. And uh, clearly, I thought the interesting stuff that I knew Chris and I would be amused by, we've already disclosed. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Let's do a little old movie here, Draft Day. Now, I've already disclosed here on Cinephile. I have proven in the past, A, that I'm a thief by stealing food from the hotel in Boston. B, I have proven that I'm not above bribing cops, which I proved last <laughs> week when I got the ticket. And three, I now need to profess that I am a liar. I was on Vancouver Radio, one of my paid weekly hits there. Emphasis on paid. I love those guys, but they do pay me. And they said to me, <laughs> when the NFL draft was coming up a month ago, they're like, what do you think of the movie Draft Day? And Cody, I completely BS'd. I had never seen Draft Day. So I was like, oh, you know, it's not a bad movie, but it's, you know, it could have been better. I'm like, because I remember at the time it got mixed reviews. It's not something I have any interest in. I, that's I, so funny. I was going to do that today because I haven't really <laughs> seen Draft Day. I was just going to be like, yeah, you know, it's yeah. too, it, it should have been better for the cast that it had and for right. the hype around it. But it just ended up being a big flop. Like, it, it should have been better. I, I, I don't think if you say movies that should have been better, Draft Day is at the top of my list. And you would have said all of that without having seen the film. Right. And now that I told you we're doing it, have you seen the film? No. Yeah. <laughs> well, you did. In, your, in my defense, I was preparing for another movie, and you did a little switcheroo. I said the because the previous week you did not respond to me. I texted you because text. You're better on text than email. So like, let me go text, and I go next week. Which one do you want? The Hangover, Draft Day, and I can't remember the third. Oh, I didn't no answer response. that one. No oh. response by you. Like, you son of a bitch. So this week I go, okay, let's just do Hangover, and then again you didn't even respond. So I go because that one I was perfect with because I was like, I got. I don't need to rewatch yeah. that one. Hangover is just in the one of my classics. So that one. Right. I have. Hangover potentially next week. This okay. week we are doing Draft Day, so I can stop being a liar, and I finally saw it. But Chris's <laughs> review is actually bang on, considering the talent involved should have been a lot. Better. But my I, review was right of draft yeah, day, right? That's uh, a thousand percent. <laughs> I was like, I was surprised how many stars are in this. Like Dennis Leary's playing the coach. Kevin uh, Costner obviously is the GM. Jennifer Garner is his love interest. Also works in the front office. Chadwick Boseman, the late Black Panther actor, plays Vontae Mack, who's one of the, one of the top draft picks available. Uh, Chris Berman plays himself. Mel Kuyper plays Whoop. himself. Deion Sanders, uh, John Gruden, Mike Mayock. Hmm. Um, so. I mean, listen, even a classic act, Frank Langella is in the movie. He's amazing. He plays the owner of the team. You got Ellen Burstyn. She won an Academy Award for a film that Martin Scorsese directed her in 1974. Alice doesn't live here anymore. She's playing Costner's mom. So you've got Kevin Costner, Frank Langella, Ellen Burstyn, Jennifer Garner, Chadwick Boseman, Dennis Leary. And crap, and, of, a, being, and crap of a movie. Yeah, it's a very bland movie. Here, here's the story. At the NFL draft, general manager Sonny Weaver has the opportunity to rebuild his team when he trades for the number one pick. He must decide what he's willing to sacrifice on a life-changing day for a few hundred young men with NFL dreams. Also, I seem to have forgotten that the great Ivan Reitman directed it. Noted Canadian. That was surprising. When I was doing the research for you for this, I was like, mm-hmm. that... 
That's got to be a, a blemish on his resume. Right. This isn't exactly Ghostbusters or Stripes or any meatballs. Like, no, this is a draft day. I kind of just you know, stuck that in at the end. I just, first off, are you or are you not surprised there's been a movie made of an NFL general manager? Like, you talk about bland topics. I get the NFL is an yeah. enormously popular sport, but it, I'm not kidding. It's a two-hour intimidating, but a, a white guy making a pick on a football team. Like, it could be more bland material. The focus on, like, draft day. Like, I get draft. People are so obsessed with the draft, but... There's a story with a football franchise being run, but I don't think it's like focusing in on just the draft day. Like it's got to be a broader story than that. And, and the players need to be part of the story. Like just focusing on the GM is like such like a first world problem. Like oh, his job's so tough. He right. has it's the craziest day ever. When really he's just like like guessing on a bunch of random prospects. Yeah. That it is again for a guy who hasn't seen the movie. You were nailing this review so far. That's exactly what it is. Kevin Costner wakes up. What do I pick? Who should I pick? He trades three number one picks. He has a number seven overall pick. He trades three number ones for the number one overall pick. And the whole question is, should he draft this quarterback, Bo Callahan, shiny, cocky young quarterback? Maybe he's like a little bit of Tony Romo, Trevor Lawrence. When I was watching him, like, who's this based on? But I'm like, you know, whatever. Good young, cocky quarterback. But he's just a little skeptical, right? How come nobody went to his birthday party? Like maybe he's not well liked by his teammates. Um, you know, and Dennis Lurie's like, no, we need a good quarterback. Get this guy in here. They already have Bryce Drew. They're incoming quarterback. No, get me Bo Callahan. So Bo Callahan's a big, sexy toy. But Costa doesn't want to draft him. And then there's some intrigue involving his father, the fact that he fired his dad. And his mom wants him to spread ashes there at the field. And Jennifer Garner is an executive, but it's also his girlfriend, which nobody knows because he's, you know, whatever, trying to keep by, that private. By the way, I just Googled it. Bo Callahan apparent, appears to be based off of the real-life Connor Cook, who's a former oh. Michigan State quarterback random. Okay. I kind of remember him as a senior <laughs> yeah. Michigan State. Yeah. Yeah. Not exactly the star power we were hoping for. Yet again, why the movie probably was not more <laughs> successful. Frank Langella plays Anthony Molina, the owner. Now, just as sports guys, Chris and I can quibble about this. This is why I wish you'd seen it, just for the draft part. Like, it's great that they have Boomer. They got Rich Eisen. Okay, yeah, great. At the actual draft, they're not there. The owner is there, Anthony Molina. And Roger Goodell makes a cameo. He shakes his hand. How are you? But Costner and the rest of the guys aren't there, which I'm like, this isn't a virtual draft. This is 2014. Well, no, that's, that's the, aren't, the, aren't the teams usually at headquarters? I feel like there's at least more representatives. I feel like the GM would at least be there. Yeah, maybe. But perhaps you're right. Maybe most yeah, of the guys. I always picture them showing the war rooms, during, even before the virtual drafts. All right, fair enough. So the war rooms is where most yeah. of them are. I would think at least the GM is there. The right, president, but Perhaps. But there's definitely right. a war room. Anyways, the Browns are picking first. And when they announce it, and they're, like they're doing it the real style, okay, Browns are on the clock. The guys are all there, Dennis Leary and the scouts, the assistant GMs, and kind of gosh, nowhere to be. He's in his office. Like they have 10 minutes. Like he's not oh, there. Oh, he's doing that thing where he's like, I need to think. Get away from me. For a guy who hasn't seen the movie, you were nailing this review. <laughs> That's exactly because he's not sure. Should I draft Bo? Should I not draft Bo? What do I do? And then he picks up a phone. He calls somebody. He's like, okay, got it. He goes up there. He's like, they're like, man, where were you? We got six minutes left. Like, he just screws around for three and a half minutes. It's six minutes. Now he's there with the guys. He's there, already took care of it. And so he's like, what? He's like, I've already, made the, I've already made the call. He's like, he's like, it's my decision. <laughs> so the whole movie is built on, is it Bo? Is it not Bo? And guess what's not Bo? Wow. It's Chadwick Boseman's character, Fonte Mack. And part of the reason why is when he calls Bo Callahan, and is, by the way, I saw another thing I didn't mention, his agent or manager, Puff Daddy. Sean Puffy Combs, like, yo, yo, what's up? Here's Bo Callahan. I'm like, wow, what a, what a thankless role he picked. He just shows up as the Bo Callahan's agent slash manager. And what he asks Bo is, he goes, I need to ask you something. This was the call he makes before the draft. He goes, were you, why did none of your teammates go to your birthday party? And Bo Callahan kind of pauses. He's like, I got to be honest, Mr. Weaver, I really don't remember much from that night. And Costner goes, all right, I didn't much, I don't remember much from when I, when I was 21. He's like, okay. I'm like, that's what you made the decision? 
Because Bo Callan doesn't remember his 21st birthday party or the fact that his team That's didn't why show he decided up. not to take him here. Does not saying. take him. He takes Vontae Mack. Because he thinks he's is, a partier. He's like doing like you were drunk, so like you're a partier, so you're not focused. He well, earlier the there's, there's, there's one scene where, again, it's so stretching the, the rules of plausibility. They're showing a sequence where Bo Callahan is the quarterback. Vontae Mack is the linebacker, defensive end linebacker. He's a LT. And on one series, he sacks Callahan. The next play, Callahan throws it away quickly. Why? Because he's hearing footsteps. He feels Vontae Mack coming. Later on, he throws a wicked touchdown, ends up throwing four touchdowns. And he's like, what's different about this game? As if the room would not know what the answer is, which is that Vontae Mack got hurt and that Bo Callahan played better in the game because Mack was hurt. So imagine it's like, again, let's do Connor Cook and Lawrence Taylor. So Lawrence Taylor sacks Connor Cook. Later on, the next play, Connor throws it away. Later on, Connor Cook throws four touchdowns. They're like, hey, what happened in the game? Like, as if this room of guys who are preparing for the draft who would have seen every single game of, like, there's only 12 college football games, as if they wouldn't know, like, well, what happened, Sonny? What happened? He's like, Vontae Mack was out of the game. Eh? So once he was gone, they were good. So he drafts Vontae Mack, who he could have had the number seven pick overall. He traded three number one picks to move up in the draft to draft a guy he could have had at number seven For, overall. Yeah. Did they have like a guy who was Mel Kuyper, but just not him? Or like did they No, no, they have... actually had Mel Kuyper, which okay. I thought was good. I, I like they the should have had a guy that just looked like him that's name was like, you know, <laughs> Nell Sniper. Like <laughs> We have Garth Nader and, and Snell Sniper. Sniper. <laughs> so stupid. Um, I won't spoil what happens over there. I guess the last 25 minutes, there's a couple of twists because that's at the two-hour mark. And you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe I sat through all this to find out he doesn't draft Bo Callahan. But let's just say he makes amends. He does some wheeling and dealing. He figures a way to get his three draft picks back. Probably the most shocking oh, part is God. this. Oh, God. So it just, it's a happy ending with, like, he gets all his draft picks. He gets both players. Oh. Yes, exactly. He, well, no, what ends up happening is, okay, who's picking six? I don't know. Let's say it's Jacksonville. He calls Jacksonville and goes, hey. I know Bo Callister is falling in the draft. So the second team doesn't pick him. The third team doesn't pick him. Fourth, so the, he knows the sixth team is quarterback needy. I think it's the Jaguars. He calls him and goes, I know you're picking Callahan. He goes, Sonny, why didn't you take him? Why is he – like as if a GM is going to tell another GM. Yeah. Here's why. Right. He goes, why aren't you drafting him? He's like, he's a bust. He's like, I think he's a bust. But you need a quarterback. He's your guy. So tell you what. You give me my three number one picks back, and you can have the number one six pick, and you get Bo Callahan. So he ends up getting his three picks back. Why would that GM – you want to talk about a bad GM. <laughs> That's funny that they made it the Jags. That's very right. I think because because basically Costner's like, hey, I'm picking after you. Number seven was original pick. If you don't pick him here, I'm taking him. So give me three picks. You can draft him six overall. Ridiculous. And the movie ends. You'd think it would end at least like on a laughable note, like, hey, the draft is over. The Browns win. No, the movie ends. The first scene is Vontae Mack just running out of the tunnel. Like, all right, go Browns. And they went on to a six and ten season. Like, <laughs> you have no, there's there's no like there's no support of his pick. You have no idea if the like was it a bust? Did it work? I'm like, oh, it was a tumultuous 24 hours in the life of Kevin Costner's Sonny Weaver. But you know what? He got his man. He got his three picks back. That's the movie. A two hour and ten movie about a draft. If you want to watch Draft Day, go to your Just Watch app, and you can find it on Fubo TV. And Apple TV Plus for, for a small price. That's what I'm saying. I can't wait for everyone's review. And Just Watch is not paying us for this. And just a, it's just a helpful no. app for people. But I tell you what, we should actually get them in a little cinephile action here. Uh, David Denby of New Yorker, who's a great critic. Ivan Reitman's dull-witted movie about the flurries of player trading on NFL draft day might be a commercial for professional football. <laughs> 
I did think about that. I'm like, why did Goodell agree to this? Oh, there's nothing critical about the NFL. It's all very pro pom pom wow, waving. How perfect NFL. it is! How great it is! Oh, amazing. Ian Nathan of Empire Magazine. The drama holds the attention throughout, even if the script never quite crackles as it might. I would say so. It's actually Mark- a good. It's actually a good point by you. It's it was such a stipulation, I bet, for the NFL to be like, oh. yes, we will agree to this, but we look perfect. Yes. Like, like we have full control. We have full control over any of the content. Like, yes. there's no doubt that they were like, all right, fine. We'll give you our rights, but we mm-hmm. look amazing. Right. Nothing shady ever happens. No players yeah. have character issues. The coaches are all the up and up. Like, great. Yeah. Okay. As Mark Hermody, the observer, said, plays like Moneyball light. What's more shocking, honestly, the fact there's a movie about an NFL general manager or a movie about a baseball GM? Or the fact that Moneyball was actually nominated for Academy Awards? It just proves, though, that there's meat on the bone for good movies with these things. Like, Moneyball was so good that it proves that, okay. And it was with baseball. So, like, that that, that is a swing and a miss uh, in football for the football movie. (laughs) I was trying to think of a football pun. (laughs) The the, the football gets sacked here. It was sacked, yes. (laughs) The football movie gets sacked for a seven-yard loss couple more reviews just to mention the staircase brian bromberger of bay area this version of the staircase is riveting and brilliantly acted from start to finish and if you haven't watched the docuseries you can approach the material from a fresh unbiased angle but this is the one that was good frank j avell of edge media colin firth who has played gay numerous times before has never been so simultaneously sexy and scary mm. Tell you, man. He's just, he, you, you watch this and you go, I can see this guy killing his wife. He's definitely a prick <laughs> and he's a very annoying guy. But he's the main character of the movie, so you kind of root for him as well amidst all that. The stuff in prison, by the way, is very interesting. Last thing before we say goodbye. Great role or great actor. Yes, let's do it. We got imaging for this. Hit it. This week's great role or great actor, Harrison Ford. Because somebody said to me, something to the expect of, um, you know, Hey, you can't just discount Tom Cruise and just say Rain Man's good because of Dustin Hoffman or, you know, Jerry Maguire's good because Cameron Crowe's a director. Like, eventually, you have to give the guy some talent. I go, listen, he's an average actor who's worked with A-list directors. He's generally overrated, but he's charismatic and he's got great screen presence. I would never deny that about Did Tom Did you Cruise. think he was overrated before uh, all that stuff, like with the doc? Like, it who- definitely impacted my opinion. I probably at that time thought he was a decent actor. And right. I'm like, I don't think he's great. And now it's definitely gone from decent actor to actor. I've never actor. heard people like saying he's this amazing actor. I, I think right. he makes good movies, people Correct. have said. But I've never heard anyone making an argument for him as like some elite actor. Right. You've never heard that. Undeniable screen presence. His movies make a ton of money. No doubt about it. Very right. charismatic. He's five foot five, whatever. He's great. As I pointed out, he's had some work done. My buddy Dallin Cuff texted me. He's like, had some work done. He goes, his hair is jet black. His face is tighter than a bow and arrow. I'm like, well, <laughs> that is well said. He definitely had some work done. But my description of, hair, of Tom Cruise made me think of Harrison Ford. He's got great screen presence. He's charismatic. He's no doubt he's a big star. He's worked with some A-list directors. But i got to be honest with you. If you said to me, is Harrison Ford a great actor? Right. Is it a great performance? I think it's great performance. It's, it's a good comp. It is a good comp. Right? Because think about it. Han Solo, I just think, is a great character. Now, not everybody could do it. I understand that. And when I think of Han Solo, I think of Harrison Ford. But I just think that's a great role. You're the wise ass who's in love with Leia, and you're kind of like the cool, cocky guy, and you got Chewie next to you. Like, he's got all the great one-liners. Like, that's a great role. Indiana Jones, that's a great role. Like, a See, if you have on. multiple of those roles, though, at, at what point do you become a great actor? Like the whole, I think, like I we think did, above two, yeah. which okay. I think he's only got two. I think it's... I think it's Han Solo, and I think it's Indiana Jones. Is it Han? Like, if you had to pick one, if I made you, like, for this game's sake, like, he's more of Han, he's known. When Harrison Ford dies, is it going to say Han Solo? or What team will he go to the Hall of Fame with, basically? (laughs) Jersey. I think it's Han Solo. I think Star Wars is massive. Just a bigger franchise. 
Like Indiana Jones is big. They've had four of them. I think there's a new one being coming. There is. I, I looked at yeah. his IMDb. There's a post-production Indiana Jones five. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt it's an iconic role. And but again, he's worked with Lucas and Star Wars, Spielberg with this producing it as well. I just think ultimately Harrison Ford. I'm not saying he's a bad actor, but if it's great or a great actor, I'm going great role. Yeah. And he's made some turkeys on the. Regarding Henry's one of the worst movies I've ever seen. <laughs> like if you want a really bad movie, go use the Just Watch app. If you're going to try to tell me Harrison Ford's a good actor, you have to go watch Regarding Henry. If you can watch Regarding Henry and Let's tell me you liked it, then I'll, then I'll put it down. Check out the Just Watch app. That's our latest when it comes to great role or great actor. Harrison Ford, I'm going great role. He has had two iconic roles, but I don't think he's a great Regarding Henry is on Stars if you subscribe to Stars, and uh, you can pay for it on Apple TV. God, please don't pay for an Apple TV. You're going to regret it. <laughs> Thanks as always to Chris Cody. Uh, we're still waiting for Miles Teller. It's like the Samuel Beckett play. Waiting for Godot. Waiting for Teller. Maybe we'll get him next week. I do actually we know we have a guest next week. We're going to talk about the new uh, Colin Kaepernick documentary, which is coming out of Tribeca. So that's going to be a good interview. Uh, next week, I believe, yes, the latest uh, Jurassic Park movie is coming out this weekend. So next week, we're talking dinosaurs. We're talking Kaepernick. And I hope you Miles Teller at some point as well. Avoid draft day. And until then, I'll see you at the movies. Actuaries. In a world filled with unpredictability, we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty. Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. Actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere. And according to U.S. News and World Report, we're the 25th top paying career. Make an impact as a fact seeker and a truth teller. Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world needs you.